Have you heard of Masonicon? Did you know that one came to Kansas? Well, it did. We're going to talk about just what that means, what the event was like, and how it was received right here in Kansas. Stick with us. We have an amazing episode for you right after this on Historical Light. Welcome back to the Historical Light Masonic Podcast, dedicated to illuminate our past and bring our Masonic history to light since 2016. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to Historical Light, an independent Masonic show focused on the historical events and aspects of Freemasonry. I'm your host, Brother Alex Powers. Pleased to be back with you, and we have an amazing guest with us this evening. Not a stranger to Historical Light, most worshipful, Darren Kellerman. Welcome back, brother. Thank you, Brother Alex. Great to be here on the show tonight. Fantastic. We are going to be talking about a really cool event that both of us were involved in. Uh, I can't remember what the name of. Oh, yeah. M Masonic Con, Kansas. Oh, that's right. Uh, just this past weekend held it. And uh, I think we got a pretty good show lined up. There's definitely a tale to be told there. Um, before we get into that, though, uh, for those that haven't caught you on the show before, maybe weren't at the event, we want to give them a chance to get to know you. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind. Give us a little bit of backstory, just who you are and what your Masonic connection is. Well, first of all, if you don't know who I am, it's because you haven't watched the show. And why the hell haven't you been watching the show? He's just a big deal. Big deal, apparently. I've heard that so much. Oh, my goodness. There's a story to be told there someday. Uh, but my name is Darren Kellerman. I'm a master mason in Kansas. Uh, I work behind the scenes and in front of the scenes with the Grand Lodge. Uh, just kind of a jack of all trades. When something's needing done, they kind of poke me, push me or whatever, and trying to help out. And that's what I did with Alex at MasonicCon. And I just love to, to talk, apparently. There you go. So so how did you get into Freemasonry? How did this journey start for you? Well, uh, three distinct knocks is all it took. There you go. Did you have family history or what was it that brought you to the Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I didn't have family. It was a friend of the family uh, introduced me to it and spoke about it and then kind of pushed a petition my way and got me in down in Fort Scott where I was uh, going to college at the time. And weirdly enough, the current grandmaster of Kansas and I went through almost at the same time together, just separated by a few months. So interesting. And we didn't know each other at the time. And I don't know, we just kind of vaguely knew each other there in Fort Scott. And then I moved uh, to Garnett, and that's where my home lodge is, and I'm a charter member of Justice Lodge as well, Kansas's first affinity lodge. So. That's right, and it's also a lodge that we did an episode around right here on Historical Light, so if you guys did not catch that, go over to uh, the YouTube side or check it out on uh, the podcast side, but go back and look for the episode on Justice Lodge, the first affinity lodge in Kansas. There's actually a really, really cool story it, behind that. The thing is, it's a great episode uh, with a couple of the founding members. But there are so many great episodes here on Historical Light. I mean, Justice Lodge is a good one. And tonight's kind of special because just recent made history. But there are so many episodes out there. How many episodes do you have now, Alex? Well, this is, uh, man, what is this? 113 is tonight. So, folks, you've got 113. You don't have to watch them sitting down in front of your computer. Put them on in the car, at work, wherever. That's what I do uh, if I can't catch the show live. I'm at work. I just put it on the Bluetooth and listen right there as I drive around doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's a great <laughs> way to catch up. So this may not be the episode you want to re-listen to, but there are so many great episodes out there. Well, wait, man, way to, way to sell it short from the beginning. This is not the episode you want to re-listen to. Well, you know, <laughs> just saying, because most saying. of our listeners were there. There's going to be a few that weren't there. That's fair. But, we're already getting some comments uh, calling you out about a, a few good points that we're going to bring up this evening. But before we do, we want to give everyone a chance and give a huge thanks 
to our Patreon supporters of the show. Uh, if you want to join the team, the family over here at Historical Light, we've been around since 2016, and we are solely focused around that topic of Masonic history. And we love to focus on kind of the more untold stories, lodge histories, individual histories, and uh, bring those to light and illuminate our past. If you want to help us support that mission, you can do so by going over to the website, historicallight.com support, and join us on Patreon. And yes, if you're like Justin and want to ask, you can do that through PayPal. So there's a QR code on there, or you can just go to the URL, historicallight.com support, and support us through Patreon. And we don't have to show Masonic Con Kansas anymore because the events already happened. You can't get tickets. It's done. Um, but we're talking about it tonight. And the reason we've got... Hang on now. Did what, we just get what? A new Patreon? Is Sean a Patreon subscriber now? Sean is a Patreon Welcome to the club, now. Sean. And an apprentice Sean. from Gardner Lodge. Welcome to the Patreon club, pal. Great move. Sean's awesome. And he was at Masonicon as well. Just very new, uh, became an entered apprentice weeks ago and already signed up for a Masonic conference. And not just that, he, you would expect an EA to kind of be hiding in the back. No, he was coming up with some really good pressing questions. I, yeah. I saw uh, Joe Martinez kind of like, what did the EA just say? <laughs> so uh, I'm excited about him. I think he's on fire. Which is interesting because Joe is one of those guys who offers classes uh, just for EAs and the new guys in Freemasonry. So uh, to get that kind of a comment from Joe, big kudos to Sean and what's going on in Gardner Lodge. 100% doing something right. So why do we have Brother Darren Kellerman on the show this evening? And the reason for that is we were lucky enough for him to agree to come on as our inaugural master of ceremonies for the event and really did a fantastic job. So first of all, thank you so much for that because the event would not have been what it was uh, without your personality, your expertise and your devotion. Appreciate those kind words, Alex, but the reality is at least for me anyway, uh, the presenters made it so easy. Um, I just get up there. I'm a talking head and a big head as it were but those those guys and then the panel of gals they made it so easy and i introduce them and they just do what they do and the attendees virtual and in person just ate them up so it makes me look good i guess but they did all the hard work a hundred percent no it, it went fantastic so uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with what a Masonicon is, um, I got my first dose of this several years back in Ezekiel Bates Lodge up in Attleboro, Mass, uh, under the guide of Brian Simmons, who we were also lucky enough to have as one of our founding speakers uh, for this event. He did a fantastic job talking about some of those lesser known stories around the American Revolution, which was really, really cool. Um it was a long day. We, it, was. it was a very long <laughs> we, day. We brought this to Kansas. We uh, we did a meet and greet Friday evening, which um, was kind enough to be sponsored by uh, Amity, Travel Safely, um, which was our setup time, which is originally what that was because we were using an office facility. Uh, those state-of-the-art had all the tech, huge classroom in place. Shout out to Keller perfect. Williams, right? Keller Have Williams to. provided yeah. that. So that was awesome from them. You know, so when when we started this adventure uh, to bring Masonicon here, typically any you go to is always in a lodge. And that's where we were looking first. And Kansas has some great lodges. Um, looking at a lodge, a temple that is big enough to support this type of crowd, limited that down quite a bit. And I feel like some of them are just in the middle of nowhere. And then looking at the ones that are in that convenient location really, really limits what you have. So we were looking at a few of those lodges, but the effort and the cost that it was going to take to bring in internet service, the, the technology we need to get all this set up uh, was going to be quite the undertaking. And then the space was offered up to us uh, by Keller William Key Partners uh, in Leewood, Kansas City Metro. And we went and checked it out. And... It was amazing. They've got this huge classroom facility uh, with all the tech that we could really want already there on site. Don't have to pay extra for it. Amazing internet connection. Uh, all these conference rooms that are glass. 
So they worked like a brick and mortar storefront for all the vendors, but they're glass. So they're not like shoved away in a corner either. It's all right there in front of you, um, which, which worked fantastic. And being in Prairie Village, it's KC Metro. So it's very easily uh, accessed by everybody. So we had Friday night as a setup period and Amity was nice enough to say, okay, well, we'll get some drinks and some, uh, some platters and stuff like that. We'll, we'll make it a meet and greet. So we invited everybody out and had a wonderful night, Friday night. And then Saturday well, hang on was now, all day. Before you, don't go too far past yeah, Friday yeah, yeah. because we had some of our guests provide pizza as well. Just out of the blue, that just is threw true. Down nine pies for everybody that came just spur of the moment, spontaneous, uh, just bam. And yeah, so that that right there was the Masonic Roundtable, the guys over at TMR, the Knights. And I don't know, I, I want to say it was Brother Jason Richards that got the random it, hair up his backside on that was. one. It just comes over and says, We ordered dinner for everyone, <laughs> and that's what these Masonic Con events do. Um, just because of the the I don't want to say loose structure because they're very structured, but it's a very relaxed event compared yeah. to the more structured. Uh, lodge or Grand Lodge type events. This is very relaxed. And you were talking about Brian, you know, the founder of Masonicon. I'm expecting just the Godfather. He, he's squared away. He is squared away. I didn't realize the attire was casual. He presented in shorts, and <laughs> that is new to me. I was where did he lose his luggage? Uh, he did not. But while he didn't bring the jacket and tie, he brought a hell of a presentation. Yeah, just knocked it out. You know, I, I think that threw a lot of people off because it was posted, and I answered numerous emails. What what's the what's the dress? Well, what about the festive board? Well, what about? There's not going to be time to change, guys. We've got a no. packed one after another day. So the reason is, well, just generally, the Masonic Con community takes on more of a, a casual uh, essence, especially in our case. I told, I told everybody, come in whatever best suits you. If you want to come in a suit, there will be suits present. If you want to come in a t-shirt, come in a t-shirt. There'll be t-shirts present. All said together, if you got the Founders Pass and you were there from registration through the end of uh, the festive board, it was around 15 hours. So the emphasis was on community and education. And with that long of a day, if you're not comfortable in a suit, education and community are the keys there come comfortable that that was kind of our philosophy it was I, I think it went over well it went over great i saw people in suits but i saw again people in shorts and t-shirts and everything in between and there was no issues at all whatsoever none it was wonderful time wonderful time yeah so we got some comments coming in over on the facebook side i want to throw them in here real quick before we continue the story on uh, we've got uh, Brother Kenneth Beeler saying it was an epic event. What's up, Kenneth? Brother Marvin Fletcher. Hey, Marvin. Uh, saying, hey, brothers Alex and Darren. Uh, Brother Beeler saying the lawnmower man. That That's a story there. We got, <laughs> we'll have to tell that in just a minute. Uh, let's see. Brother Mark Reeder here. Good evening, brothers. It was a great event. Most wishful Tony Borum saying hello. Uh, Brother Gelling saying, good morning, brothers. Yvette Powers, welcome. Thank you for sharing us out. New followers, Yvette. Welcome, Yvette. And was a part of Masonic oh, Kansas. that's right. She was a huge part. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, let's see here. Most Wishful Born saying, what was the story with the tie changes by Brother Darren all day Saturday? Not recalling that at all. All I know is we had a vendor there. A craftsman apron had some ties, and I wore a craftsman's apron tie. Uh, I don't know. So talking about ties, just going a <laughs> side tangent here to give a craftsman's apron a little shout out. Uh, Brother Justin Staley, who's a supporter and a member of my lodge, and was there helping out with the event. Uh, he bought his first ever craftsman's apron tie at the event. He spent the forty dollars. He got himself a tie. $40. But not, $40. But not only a tie, he got his very first ever bow tie, self-tie oh. bow tie. So for me, I wasn't sure what tie to wear. So I brought every tie uh, I've worn uh, throughout. Well, not every tie I've worn, but all the Grand Lodge of Kansas ties over the past decade. And there's 10 speakers, and I had 10 ties. 
And so I brought those, didn't wear them in any particular order, but I changed out between speakers just to see if they would catch on. And so I got to know the smokers outside really well because I'd go out to my car, get a new tie. And what are you doing? They figured it out after a while. And then for the festive board, I put on a bow tie. And I have not worn a bow tie since 2015 because I told uh, Pat Craddock, the proprietor of the Craftsman's Apron, that I would no longer wear a fake bow tie. So it's been seven years since I put on a bow tie. Thank you very much, uh, past Grandmaster Tony Bourne, for helping me tie that. And I was so proud of that tie. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it, Tony. And I look at the, well, actually, Alex is the one that caught it. But uh, Tony helped me tie that tie upside down. <laughs> appreciate that. I, you know, I never noticed it during the event. I, I caught it afterwards in the pictures. But that's what makes it even funnier, is whether Tony knew it or not at the time, that makes it even more special. So... You know, that's what it is. So we we had uh, Brother Beeler throw in here the lawnmower man comment, and, and that's one that has to be addressed. So the story here is I threw Brother Kellerman under the bus before I even introduced him at the event. You did. And I think it was a little bit obligatory. One, just because oh. he's a big deal. But two, because he involved a random neighbor of mine, and now I got to move. Because <laughs> I don't even know who that person was. The story here being, I don't know exactly what happened. I chuck it down to stress about the whole event. Who knows? Um, but a few nights prior, I woke up in the middle of the night and just this extreme chest pain that I've never felt before. Uh, Try to push through and then it got to a point that was a little scary. So we went to the hospital. Long story short, everything's fine. Uh, Alex brother, is OCD, folks. I, he, I am. I am. He's not stressing. <laughs> Every little thing from a Sonicon. <laughs> I mean, he made these name badges. They're great. They have everything on them. But then then that's not good enough for a name badge. He had to put the schedule on the back, and that's not good enough. He had to put a QR code on the back as well. Oh, yeah. We so, built an app for the event. Oh. <laughs> and that's just for the lanyard when you get there. There's so much more when you got in. I mean, he had swag bags for everybody, T-shirts for everybody in their swag bags. There was all sorts of stuff that he, he and his family put together. So he is stressing and basically has a heart attack. He's basically dead, <laughs> dead in the hospital. Dead. Now you sound like my wife's family. Um, I died and I came yeah. back 12 times, got shot. Yeah. That's what well, happened. So, so I'm at work and we've got all this preparation going on. And Brother Kellerman sends me a text. What can I do? And at that point, I said, you know, I appreciate the offer, but I've just got a bunch of little stuff. I'm good right now. Mainly, we've got guys flying in early. Got to get the house clean to make the wife happy. She's freaking out about the house once everything dusted, all the corners, you know, spotless. Uh, so I made the joke, unfortunately, saying, unless you want to mow my lawn, ha, ha, ha. Conversation ended, went to a meeting, hit, it, hit his own thing. Didn't know that he was getting in the car at the time because I don't know how this guy made it from Ottawa to Gardner in that amount of time, but. In what seemed like a few minutes, I get a motion alert on my front door, and I don't unfortunately have the uh, the pictures keyed up here, but Thank they're, they're findable. <laughs> but uh, I get a motion alert, and I see this guy in my front yard with a lawnmower that he brought from his own house mowing my lawn, and all I'm sitting there in, in the meeting going, oh my God, Kellerman, it was a joke. <laughs> But that's Kellerman. He's he's that guy. He's a big deal. The neighbors came out and applauded. It it was crazy. I mean, they <laughs> they were expecting a hay baler is what they thought was going to be needed for the law. So. We I, we'd been a little busy getting getting ready for <laughs> the event. For the long need mode, yeah. <laughs> but this guy, you know, uh, he he couldn't just let it go at mowing my lawn and letting me say thank you. Uh, he had to get some nice pictures, so. Then I see him on the ring camera again in a long tail tux and uh, basketball shorts and a top hat. And I've got a random neighbor out there taking pictures while he's posing. So uh, to start the day off from Masonicon, the first thing we did is I threw up the ring doorbell video of him mowing the lawn in 200x speed. And uh, then we threw up the funny little pictures of him posing and then introduced him because he didn't want me to tell anybody. So we, we threw him under the bus first thing. And the reality is, Alex, and, and you know, we joke about it, but 
brothers do things like that and more all the time uh, around That's here. True. And for me, it was just like, I know you and your family have been busy and I have no doubt your wife was stressed out about that. So while it was a joke to you, I know there's a lot of seriousness going on there and the things need to be done. And that's what brothers do. And we see stories on that on Facebook and elsewhere all the time about brothers just stepping in and doing those things. And for me, day off, I mean, I, I can mow your lawn or I can mow mine. So <laughs> just saying, but, uh, and you weren't letting a lot of people help with what Masonicon prep was needing done. So that was something I could do and it made me feel like I was contributing. And watching the whole thing roll off Friday night at the meet and greet, Saturday day at the event, and then Saturday night at the festive board. I mean, all the hard work and preparation. And the other Masonicon uh, people know the work that goes into it. And just yeah. getting a peek behind the scenes, I don't know how you did it, but it was wonderful. And I know a lot of the Grand Lodge of Candace guys were very impressed as well. And they're looking at implementing some of the things that you did at MasonicCon Kansas into some of the Grand Lodge events. Um, I'm trying to keep those proprietary secrets for you, but there's only so much I can do. You know, that, that was a really cool aspect, though, because I know bringing something of this nature to Kansas for the first time or any jurisdiction for the first time um, is daunting for a, you know, grand jurisdiction like, Oh, mm -hmm. and I I'm, I'm sure they had those daunting moments, but they showed up in full support, which was fantastic. And, you know, truly, truly appreciated. And I even saw the, the grandmaster fully engaged and during the festive board having full out belly laugh. So it was really cool seeing everybody just, you know, fully invested into this Masonicon spirit. That's a little bit different from the normal, you know, festivities that we partake in. So Masonicon was very intense for me as a Mason. And I've been a Mason 25 years now. Um, and I come from a small rural lodge. And then I belong to the, my Fendi Lodge, which focuses more on educational. So you, you like to think that you're doing okay. And then you come to this event where it specializes in Masonic light and paper presentation and those things. And I felt like an eighth grader in a high school physics class or a college physics class, because some of this stuff is just deep stuff. And it made me realize there's so much more out there. And most of the attendees were just eating this stuff up. And the Kansas guys, most of us hadn't heard these speakers before. We may have seen them on this show. Um, go back and watch the archive shows, folks. There you go. There's a plug. But very impressive. I mean, we're here getting Robert Marshall. We're getting uh, RJ. Um, we're, I mean, I, I should go all through the list, but, I mean, these presenters are awesome. We heard from Jonte Gold from Prince Hall. Just Now, Jonte wow. deserves a, a special shout-out. So Jonte is a Kansas Mason on the Prince Hall side and had – really a fantastic um, presentation lined up that right. he still delivered, but he calls me the day before and it, it's still a bummer. Um, but he calls me the day before and just, you know, being in true Jonte fashion said, Hey, look, I have zero symptoms. I feel perfectly fine. Um, I got a small procedure I'm doing on like Monday. So they made me get a test and I came up co uh, COVID positive and I'm like, Oh no. I mean, this is hours before the event starts. Uh, he was gracious enough and, you know, worked with us and was able to come on virtually and still delivered a fantastic um, presentation. But so bummed not to have him there in person, especially when he felt completely fine, even the next day. Uh, but, you know, in, in today's world, uh, he was a true brother, didn't hide that fact, wanted to make sure everybody was as safe as we could be and brought that forth. Um, but thankfully, you know, Due to the power of Zoom, uh, we were able to bring him in and still have a fantastic presentation by him. Really, really knocked it out of the park. He did. And uh, just to get spoiler alert uh, for him, I did report on his activities to Grandmaster Boykin and the Deputy nice. Grandmaster Eves about how impressive that I thought he was and uh, just that he went above and beyond uh, just doing that. Because there's, you know, some presenters, non-Masonic, wouldn't even have phoned it in as it were they just wouldn't have no showed and we'd had to you know 
find a presenter at last minute. And I know that was a thought at the beginning of the day, but he was there spot on on time. Yeah. Well, well and his presentation was key because he was presenting, especially to this show, um, on the history of the foundings of Prince Hall Masonry in Kansas, which is not a widely told story. So it was it was crucial to have that history brought forth, um, shared and respected at that event. And he, he did an awesome job bringing that So, forth. And what many don't realize, because just when you're at the event, you don't think of these things, but he was one of three times that there was a standing ovation. Uh, during the whole event, yeah. he was the first one um, oh, yeah. after his presentation. And then there were two during the festive board. Um, and just one of those things, spontaneous, very moving when it happens. Totally unexpected. Well, there there was one other standing ovation during the daytime. And that was for the first um, panel discussion. Oh, yes. For the ladies. Which was, discussion. yes. First time we've had a full ladies panel discussion. And... My wife, Yvette, was part of that, and they hit some really good points that uh, made some Masons uncomfortable. I heard one of them when she uh, kind of called some people out and said, you're killing Masonry, and you heard, ooh, <laughs> go through the room. But there was some points needed. and They uh, had some man. very good points. Uh, I would think maybe in the future we can expand on a ladies' panel or yeah. the ladies' perspective or I guess co-Masonry. I think that's a very good topic, but co-masonry is definitely different than what we presented. This was about the ladies' involvement uh, with their masons, and it was, yeah. it was very eye-opening for a lot of so, us. Yeah, I mean, you know, masons in general, we get together all the time. We're trying to fix masonry, and we have those conversations, and there's obviously that perspective from non-masons being in the public, but the wives or our masons' ladies have this, like, really unique perspective because – while they're an outside perspective, they've also got this unique inside perspective. Well, not fully inside. They, they've got an inside perspective that you can't dismiss. They've got very valid points and valid views. And so this was the ladies fully taking on masonry as we know it today and kind of telling us the stuff that is uncomfortable to hear but needed yeah. to be said. And I, I see there's a question there on Facebook about the highs and the lows and I'm not yeah. so sure that this ladies panel wasn't one of the highs because of that whole different perspective, basically telling us that when they come to our event, whether it's Masonicon or Grand Lodge event or basically a regular lodge meeting, they're not there to do the housework and the upkeep of our lodge. They're yeah. there to enjoy it. And we need to do our own work in our own lodge. And for a lot of us, it's just kind of like a, oh, how do we miss that? Yeah. And there was a well, lot of those. How do we miss that moments? With, with the oh, 100%. Panel. And the cool thing was the other member of this panel um, was Beth Jarzebeck, Michael Jarzebeck's wife. And she came down from Massachusetts to be a part of this. So not only do you get a perspective of right here at home, but you also get that outside perspective of another jurisdiction being up in Massachusetts. So that really brought it kind of around in that cycle and went across really, really well. Yeah. And finish on that question about the low of the event um well it had to end uh i, I think that would be the low um i don't know it's just there was so much packed into it so much packed into it and it, it was rough i mean because i i enjoyed every moment of it and we even had a speaker scheduled over the lunch hour yeah and uh, Lane came down from from Canada, drove down two days, two days yeah, from Canada just to be here um, to deliver during the lunch hour. And, it, and that's available for all you attendees, uh, be available for the next year on the replay. But it was very good. And he even gave uh, handouts out to some of us. But it was a that was a great presentation. But I mean, you can't ask for more, but the saying that the low is everything was crammed in there, but that's what you get at these events is just everything stuffed in your day. There's not a moment wasted during the breaks. Even if you get tired and you get up and stretch, you go see the vendors. We had great vendors this year as well. There's so much to talk about at Masonic on Kansas, Alex. Um, but as for low, I'm not sure there was, I, I could have been better prepared for the panel that I moderated. Um, I train wrecked on you guys for a technology panel and, uh, it was just so good and there was so much there and I didn't really pull that out 
of the you and the other panelists about the technology there. So yeah. apologies to the attendees for that train wreck on my part. I, but yeah, I, was, I don't think it was a train wreck. Was I, just, I think we still had a very good conversation. We, we did, but there's just so much technology there and the, the five panelists that were there just wow on that. Um, if we were to examine the, the, the speakers, yeah, they were all awesome. They were all just awesome. There was not a dud in them. There was something there for everyone. And again, we had guys who had been Masons for a long time, and then we had an entered apprentice there who was I mean, very interactive. Yeah. Um, so to kind of touch on the, on the historical aspect here, you know, you've been a Mason much longer than I. You, you've been through the Lodge line. You've been through the Grand Lodge line. You've kind of seen it from all these different angles. So with Masonicon Kansas obviously being a different format of an event, in your time as a Mason, have you seen or even heard of something of this nature coming to Kansas prior to this event? No. Uh, every grand jurisdiction has, well, not every. Um, Kansas is very fortunate. We have a leadership academy um, type event here in Kansas where they bring in, have several breakout sessions throughout the day, but nothing where it's just stuff that packed. But again, it's so structured like that. And most of the official Grand Lodge events use uh, hometown speakers, which is great. I mean, because that's sure. what's affordable. Being the we all do it for free, and you get you kind of get the same thing. I don't want to say recycled because that's not true, because those leadership academy provide great topics for the attendees. But on this, this is purely educational. Bringing speakers to talk on educational topics. Whereas the leadership academies or leadership seminars are trying to help the Masons be better leaders in their lodge. Right. And for education, I mean, this is the Grand Master of Alaska traveled, I believe, on his own dime to be here for this. Yes. Um, there was a lot of people from both coasts came in. I mean, from California and from D.C. All those. I mean, they came here. These aren't Grand Lodge officers we're talking about. They came as as Masons, as Freemasons on their own dime to hear all these speakers to Kansas. And you don't get that. And that happens at these con events. I mean, that's I, that's the name. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that was one of the highlights for me, though. And we talked a bunch about this kind of in the in the lead up to it. But the sheer amount of people that travel in. I mean, it, it's always wonderful at any jurisdictional event to see the guys from the other side of the state um, or even just across state line, that, you know, you don't it's see wonderful. on a regular basis, but a lot of these guys traveled in from so far that you, you see them all the time on Facebook. Uh, they're, they're known names, but maybe never met them before in person or just, you know, only get to see him every once uh, great once in a while. And this was a really cool event, especially for guys like Sean, our EA um, that's just coming in and he's, he's just, you know, fully on fire for it. So he's diving into the podcast. He's, he's getting to know these names. He's seeing these guys and then boom, here they are in person. Um, what I think is, you know, just quite the experience to be able to sit down and have a personal conversation with some of these brothers especially at the level of EA when that's just kind of surreal to you. Um, it really led to a unique opportunity that I haven't witnessed in our jurisdiction before. And for me, so let's say that a hundred people attend a leadership seminar from the Grand Lodge of Kansas. I'll bet you 50 of those people were at Masonic on Kansas. And then we had 50 more from not in Kansas. And you'd have never known, except for maybe a Canadian accent here and there, <laughs> that that we all didn't coexist together every day. Everybody got along so well. It was just wonderful. Uh, so it was like seeing those brothers. Is that a garage door? Or is your house haunted? Yes, yeah, it's, it's both. It's both. So we may have some little people hearing here in a little bit. Uh, oh, you so got this. Ooh, we can't. That's worth the that. rewatch, folks. Thirty-six minutes in. There's some weird noise at Kellerman's house. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, well, you're into that spiritual stuff. Speaking of spiritual stuff, during one of the breaks, I go down the, the vendor hallway, the esplanade, whatever it is, 
And again, Keller Williams has this beautiful thing. Their associates um, cleared out some of the rooms for us to use for vendors. And thank you to the associate that gave me the employee of the month spot to park in. I did appreciate that. Both. Days, so <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, got an up close spot. Uh, but down at the end of the hallway, I go down there and there's this, they got this table laid out and they're dealing tarot cards. And I think it was Vale and Val. Is that their name or Val and Vale? I think. I'd have to look it up. I, I, I apologize. She highly recommended. Yeah, I've never met her before. And, of course, I'm like, what? Because I, I didn't really, that was a part of masonry that I didn't know some of our guys were into. Mm-hmm. And I, I had several brothers come up to me and tell me how awesome it was and how spot yeah. on they were. One of them a Kansas Mason, one of them not a Kansas Mason, both men who I respect, just enamored with what they were told by these people. And it was very eye-opening. I mean, yeah. all our vendors were great. And for me, that's not something I'm, I've been exposed to before, but now I'm like, man, I wish I'd have done that. So <laughs> put them on the vendor list for next year. If you have yeah, it again. No, it, so. it's one of those cool things. It's not directly Masonic, um, but it aligns with that spiritual side of things that a lot of Masons are it, into. So it certainly does. Yeah. So when we kind of reached out to our, um, our attendee base and asked about what type of vendors they wanted to see that uh, recommendation. There's that ghost again, that recommendation came up several times. So reached out to some people in the know and this particular uh, tarot card dealer came in very, very highly recommended. Never met her before, um, but we went ahead and invited her out. I will say never heard a single bad word about her. Every single person that went back there was just floored and uh, had nothing but great things to say. When I went out for a tie change, I had a brother chase me down to tell me how spot on she was. And I mean, and what he was telling me, they worked with the youth groups, uh, these well-traveled things like that. I mean, I mean obviously, if it's a Mason, well-traveled, that's a gimme. But some of the other stuff, yeah, not so much. So, But that is another amazing thing about this event, because most Masonic events that I've ever attended – you don't ever see females, whether it be in the vendors or in the audience. And Masonicon, Masonicon Kansas, and other Masonicons are open to anybody. I, I believe there was even some—I'm going to call them civilians. There are non-Masons. Is that correct, Alex? There was at least one non-Mason in attendance. Yes, there was some non-Masons. Correct. Just uh, people generally interested in Freemasonry. Uh, there was also, like my family, I had my my dad. Oh, that's running right. The, uh, yeah. This uh, the tech booth, which was pretty yeah. cool. Well, and your mom was running the registration. Uh, yeah, and your, your sister was there as well, right? Um, she was, yeah, Haley. Uh, so it was just wonderful event. I mean, a family event, and uh, not saying we're going to have the little Kellerman kids running around there, uh, but <laughs> they, they would have loved to. Um, but for those people who didn't come, uh, they need to think about that for the future, whether it's in Masonicon, Kansas, or traveling. There are so many Masonic. Hi, guys. Hi. What's going on? Oh, hey, look at this. Look at that shirt. Hey, hey. there it is. Both of that. them. Well, look, well, hey, come on in. Say Representing. Hi, What's up, guys? Hello. Oh, here, move your doll so everybody can see those awesome shirts out of Dad's swag bag. Look at that right there. Do you guys like your shirts? Yeah. All right. You got to come to the next one then, all right? Okay. All right. We'll see you there. So here's an awesome story for everybody, because Alex is also the director of uh, the Kansas Lodge of Research. And they were (laughs) sponsored for MasonicCon, and they have these archival kits. And if you haven't been exposed to those inside or outside of Kansas, they're awesome. They're a way for your lodge to archive all all the... Are you yawning? Yes. you finding your dad that... Goodness gracious, get that a lot. Anyway, so Alex has these beautiful kits set up to travel, except the combination has been forgotten on one, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Um, the combination is something that's very common, especially if you're a fellow craft uh, and involves maybe some prime numbers. And uh, that combination did not work. So I asked for some some big help, and uh, we had our Masonicon t-shirts on, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So did you figure out the combination? What was it? Zero, zero, zero. Zero, zero, zero. Which might indicate that somebody never set the combination. That's that's why we get paid the big bucks. Big bucks. 
All right, guys. Say goodnight to everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank okay. you for coming on. So they were so concerned about how long I was going to be gone. And oh, he's still back there, Zippy. <laughs> <laughs> but there were so many great things um, about MasonicCon. For, for those people who attended, please leave in the comments what you liked about it. For those who didn't attend, maybe you tell us what you wanted to see, may want to see at another one or where you'd like to attend. And they are all over the, I won't say all over the country because there's only about seven of them, I think, or eight. And there's little whisperings going on behind me. Well, we'll see in a little bit. Talk to your mother. Okay, Dada. <sighs> Makes me a better dad. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> But, you know, for the people that know me at MasonicCon, uh, they did ask about the kids because the kids are, just like you saw, just a part of what I do. And it, it's wonderful, Alex. The event you put together was great. Um, the presenters well, are great. You, Go ahead. You know, I, I hear that so much. And you know, it was my honor to kind of be that conduit. But, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, like, these events would never come about. First of all, if it wasn't for this strange little idea Brian Simmons had just for a lodge event that blew up. But at the end of the day, the only reason Masonic in Kansas could have ever been anything is because of everyone that attended and supported it. Um, it couldn't happen just because I wanted it to. It happened because people, people bought tickets and we brought it together. I mean, they were yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and honestly, it was a huge group effort, and I was just honored to be able to connect the dots for it. So for me, I, I've watched the show, of course, uh, but I have never actually met any of these guys. Virtually nothing. I've, I've been on several shows or watching with them, and I've never met uh, RJ before. And um, he gave a great presentation on Adam's grave. But he comes up and hands me this box at the meet and greet. And yeah. Well, I mean, of course, who knows what's going to be an exploding box or something, but he owns and I did not know this because I'm not that good of a follower because I'm apparently I'm old and don't use social media. Much. <laughs> but he has a leather company. Uh, it's great for a name drop right there. And I just I'm skull and crown. There you go. Skull and crown. It's got a website, the whole shebang. And he made me a, a custom keychain. This is what he does. Uh, there we go. There you go. And so it's got so it's got the engrave. So he hand cuts these and hand stitches these, and then he does the engraving on it. But he also put an awesome little, you know, my initials on the back. And so big thank you to RJ. I mean, totally unexpected. We've never met before, and uh, so you'll be getting the twins for a weekend. As my sincere appreciation <laughs> uh, for that. Yeah, um, RJ is really. He, I remember it's probably uh, I don't know a year or two ago he was you know saying he wanted to get into this leather stuff I'm like oh sweet and he is man just gone crazy with it and excelled so far he's putting out some amazing stuff so if that's something you guys are into definitely go check him out uh, sure it's on his Facebook and stuff but Skull yeah. and Crown Ltd is the company he's doing it under and really really good quality stuff and made by a mason and these Masonicons I mean the education is great but just that interaction with guys like RJ or Robert or, or Sean. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sean, uh, I, I stayed for the, for the lunch and presentation from Lane. And when I went outside before that, um, some of the brothers said, Hey, can we get you something to eat? We're going to go out and grab a bite to eat. Can we get you something? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, but those guys are so thoughtful. They went to a barbecue restaurant and they brought me back some takeout and very much appreciative. And, um, but I just couldn't do it. I uh, didn't want to eat, get it all over my tie and such. So I passed those green beans on to the youngest entered apprentice in the room. So very thoughtful of the brothers that brought me back green, fresh green beans from a Kansas City barbecue restaurant. No, no right. barbecue in there. That I mean that true love right there. So, so two two things, two things real quick. One, I got the name of the tarot person. I I, I want to oh, give yeah. them a quick shout out because. From what I heard, they did an excellent job. Excellent job. Uh, it is 
Allison Sasso, I hope is how you pronounce that. And she's with Vale and Vow Tarot. And you, uh, you can do that at veilandvowtarot.com uh, to find out more about her. And what I can say is I know a ton of people went in and had sessions with her. I did not hear one bad word, let alone a just, you know, whatever word. Everything, everyone I talked to was just absolutely floored by her. So she must be pretty good at what she does. So while you're there, Alex, I don't have my list with me. Now I'll miss about three of them. The vendors you had, these are men and women that supported Masonicon and made this all possible. I mean, we all bought tickets and that covered all this stuff, but these sponsors and vendors made this stuff happen behind the scenes. And some of them, uh, like past master's thoughts, he just threw down a sponsorship and then he donates a bottle of, you know, Grandmaster's whiskey, raffle <laughs> That's off. That's right. He didn't, the room that was set up for him was empty, which right. is funny because there's a past master's thoughts and there's an empty room because contemplation, you know, very good. Well done, Dwayne. <laughs> well done. Uh, but yeah, so let's run through that list here. So, of course, historical light. Um, the Craftsman's Apron, we had Patrick Craddock there, had an amazing setup. Uh, Amity, Travel Safely. Uh, we had Jeremy out there from Amity. He was, uh, well, he had a, a huge setup, huge. and he was displaying and selling the new Amity Signet Rings, signet which are rings. pretty amazing. Um, and he was also part of uh, one of the panel discussions. He sponsored the uh, meet and greet that night, or Friday night. So huge shout out to the brothers over at Amity. Uh, Kansas Lodge Research was a sponsor, had uh, the archival kits there on site. And I think that was key because not only are there still Kansas brothers that need to see those, but with all these other guys traveling in, um, one of the really cool things about uh, the Lodge Research and this program has been not only are we actively saving history here in Kansas, but we've had so many other jurisdictions reach out and ask, what are you doing? How are you doing this? What equipment are you using? So this was a cool opportunity for them to see it in person, be able to touch it, see the model numbers, all it's right there. Because we, our lodges here in Kansas are old at 150 years old, 160 years old. But on the <laughs> yeah. East Coast, they're coming around to that, you know, 300 over there. So some of those lodges back East are definitely needing these archival kits. So it's good to have those there. So before before I uh, continue on with our sponsors, I, I got to give an angry shout out. Not really angry shout out. Um, Robert Marshall, co-host of the show, is commenting, but is not on the show. What the heck, man? Where are you? Jump in here. Let's talk. He was, he was a vendor <laughs> as well. His lodge. He was. He were there and had some wonderful coffee. Um, Robert also has a presentation about honey and, and coffee and stuff and Freemasons. But... Uh, I'm gonna busy. Is it busy brew? I'm gonna mess busy brew coffee. That's a yeah. It's it's through his lodge. Waco ninety two is who puts that on. And I've bought some myself. And I can tell you, it's not just a lodge program. It's actually really really good coffee. Truly enjoy it. Robert had a great presentation. uh, He did. He 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 did. We also had uh, the brothers of the Masonic Roundtable were a sponsor. They were fantastic. Also bought all the pizza during the meet and greet, um, which wasn't just like Domino's or pizza. Like, I don't know where they ordered it from. Some local place that was fantastic. And I need to get the name because I really enjoyed it. I want to go. I heard them when they were looking. They were looking for the five star pizza place there. I mean, they were looking for a top-notch pizza place. Yeah, it, it wasn't cheap. I know that much. And they got these pizzas that were, like, massive. <laughs> but it was well good. It hit the spot. Well, well done, TMR. Uh, we also had the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast, Whence Came You Masonic Podcast with R.J. Johnson, A Past Master's Thoughts, Brother Dwayne Marshall, and he did as well, as you mentioned, uh, offer up that bottle of old masters whiskey and he did so because it was one of the limited edition ones that was in the fellow craft position to match the uh, logo for the event we also had castle island virtual lodge with uh, brother nick lane that drove down from canada uh as we said busy brew coffee at refreshment masonic podcast and the Southern California Research Lodge. Uh, Brother Dago flew out from California uh, to be there and have items out as well. So really, really a well-rounded event. Some great sponsors, great vendors, and just brothers from all around that had 
really, really epic time, especially with the festive board. It was the festive board was great. Uh, I've been a part of several festive boards, several uh, table lodge events, and this was very unique for me. And I guess it's not to the Masonic Con circuit. Um, normally, they have the traditional seven toasts um, to to this, to that, all the standard toast. But at Masonic Con, there is a theme. And I know back east, they sometimes do revolutionary uh, heroes or figures. But here in Kansas, our host, Brother Alex, had picked influential historical ties to Kansas Masons. And it was crazy good because there's some stuff that popped up in there that nobody knew about. Uh, the inventor of the microchip from Kansas. Who knew? Everything that we use today, you know, what we're doing now is all because of a guy from Kansas and it's so influential to me. I'm again, I've drawn a blank on his name. Um, so apologies for there, but just amazing. Uh, there was a toast to John Brown that got a standing ovation. Yes, it did. Uh, just wonderful. Uh, Dr. Naismith, uh, Michael Jarzebeck brought back, uh, Br brother Naismith's demit from his home lodge back in Massachusetts. Um, and some other brothers, yourself included, took him over to KU to visit Dr. Naismith, uh, some of the historical highlights from here in Kansas. We um, did. And so Brother Jarzebeck, his presentation was phenomenal. Uh, it delivered a side of Naismith that I never knew before and opened my eyes. I knew he was an important figure, but he, I, I think the side of him that Jarzebeck presented to me is more important than his legacy in basketball, which blew me away. Huge. I didn't know he was that well-rounded of a guy. I mean, who knew yeah. back in the, the 30s he was involved in racial equality? Yeah. Just so stunned. so one of the one of the stories there, and I, I'm I'm gonna butcher it here, but um I think it was one of the students who was black that um came in and he just you know kind of told him, Hey, I'm gonna be your new uh your new assistant. And he said, Well, who told you that? My dad did. Well, dad's always right. And just, you know, in a, in a time where that was not the norm, not heard of, not accepted widely, uh, Naismith didn't blink an eye at, uh, at making that happen. And the stories of that just went on and on and on. And it blew my mind. I'm like, wow, this side of Naismith is what needs to be remembered. We remember him because yeah. of basketball, and that's great. But this side of him was And he just didn't want to be phenomenal. remembered for basketball. He's right. said many times that. But... And that's the amazing thing about these Masonic events, like a Masonic con or any event where they're presenting Masonic light. Brother Jarzebek flew in and brought his wife. I mean, yes. this is, so whether he's a paid speaker, his wife certainly wasn't. So this is an expense for him to come in and educate Kansans about a famous Kansan that I mean, we all know and love for one thing. And he tells us something different. And now we love the guy even more. I mean, she oh, yeah. was expecting one thing and just bam. Talk about Masonic light. I mean, it was like Michael just had a spotlight on us, just boom, just beaming it into our heads. What, what about Dr. Naismith? Yeah, Jarzebek did fantastic. And one of the really cool things, <laughs> and we'll tell a little behind the scenes story here of both Stoops and Robert Marshall, is uh, we we took Jarzebek and Brian Michael Simmons. Simmons. Yes. Uh, past grandmaster we took them to the grave of brother naismith and uh you know jarzebeck said uh, you know done all this research and is really invested and i said well he's buried in lawrence I, I think it's only fitting that we make a run up there uh when you guys get in and we go visit that everyone was making fun of uh brother stoops a little bit because he's driving around he he was dressed like a mobster and he sits so low in his car and he's got these dark shades on. He looked like a hitman everywhere we went, <laughs> which he just flowed right in with. Yes, I am. But we, we finally found uh, Brother Naismith's grave out there. And uh, Jarzebek, uh, I'm not going to say the whole story, but may have uh, strategically placed some things that will remain there for years to come, which was very, very cool at the moment. And during that moment, we kind of noticed Robert Marshall disappear uh, I saw him walk away and I thought he was just stretching his legs and he's gone. 
just so happens that there's another older cemetery across the road that went on forever uh, that I think it was his great, great grandfather was buried at. And so then we had to go track down Robert Marshall. So the joke was the historical light hosts always get lost when they're at a Masonic con. So we had it. Well, and when I was in Boston, I got lost and Brian Simmons found me in a graveyard at Prince Hall's grave. <laughs> so <laughs> there's some kind of weird connection there with the historical light guys, but let's see. Uh, Robert's commenting, but still not on the show here saying my grandpa, my great grandpa, my great, great grandpa, and two of my great, great, great grandpas are all buried. Wow. In that one cemetery. There was a lot yeah, of yeah. tombstones over there. A lot of great things uh, happened during this. Uh, another thing from the festive board. Uh, it was wonderful because I'm up, I'm up at the front because somebody's got to do the talking, I guess. And everybody else is just crowded around out in there. And our entered apprentice, you know, he's out there looking for a place to sit. And I happened to comment, Grandmaster and Deputy Grandmaster of Kansas were in attendance. I happened to point that fact out to him. So they went and grabbed Sean and brought him up to the front table and set him in the northeast corner, which for Masons and non-Masons, it's a symbolic spot for the Interprentice. So the Interprentice sat in the northeast corner, and then on each side of him, he's flanked by the Grandmaster and Deputy Grandmaster of Kansas, which you would think might be a little bit stressful, but it wasn't. I watched them through the whole evening, and they appeared to be chatting like old friends. Yeah. So I hope it was a memorable event for all three of those guys. And I know we're coming upon the top of the hour, but I'll just finish up by uh, we were getting ready to do the final toast. Um, some people call it the Tyler's Toast poem. And can I tell the story? Is this okay? Yeah, yeah, go for it. And for me, the festive board was, was very special. And again, I thanked Alex that night. And I thank you again because I've done a lot of cool things uh, by luck. But I've never been a host of a table lodge or festive board. And I think we mentioned that on the show one time. And weirdly enough, Alex put me there. So it was a very big honor for me. And I've also never got to give the Tyler's Toast ever. Ever. And there's some traditions that should just stay the same. So unbeknownst to Alex, who's expecting me to give that, I went out and selected certain people to give parts of that toast the different stanzas and myself and those people the only ones that knew so you know we we go with a person from not from kansas then we go to a woman a woman giving a masonic type toast how unusual and it goes around the room each one pausing so there's a delay in who's going to give the next toast and then as we come to the last stanza you know we got to finish it out strong we're going to go with the oldest master mason in the room of course but no, we picked. I'd pick the youngest entered apprentice to give the closing toast uh, there for that. So it was beautiful. It, it was caught me off guard. I, di I didn't know it was coming, and I've always only heard it by one person doing mm -hmm. it. Um, so when you kind of stopped, and then my wife next to me starts speaking, and then someone on the other side, of that, I'm like, "Whoa, what is this? Is awesome." <laughs> And I don't think I'll ever be happy if it's not done that exact same way every time because it was it was perfect. What's well, enjoyable for an o watching an OCD person like yourself flip out? So, <laughs> so as, as part of the festive board, Alex, and I know we've talked about on the show before, Alex had made uh, these Acacia Wood coasters. Let me try and get it out here. Oh, there we go. Engraved with the Masonicon logo, and he'd also made. Uh, some tumblers. Of course, he didn't make the tumbler. He did the engraving on them with the Masonic Con Founders Club tumbler. Um, so those were take-home items from the festive board and all the attendees, I think. I can speak for say thank you, Alex. It was beautifully well done. And, uh, you know, I haven't traveled to other Masonic Cons, but this is what we're doing in Kansas, folks, right here. <laughs> so as we're, we're coming up on the hour here, um, to get ready for the toast. So you mentioned, you know, you had the honor to just be in that spot and really you didn't there. There was a little bit of strategy there because I'm a symbolism guy and Masonicon was a massively important thing for me. Um, 
When I came into masonry, unfortunately, it wasn't the best situation in the lodge. Uh, Great brothers, just an unfortunate situation of the young versus the old um, that just didn't mesh. And because of that, I, I came into masonry and very quickly was like, I felt out of place. And there was some serious conversations about maybe masonry is not for me. And I was kind of on the verge of just giving up. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. I know the Masonic Roundtable was a huge, I know what it was now. Masonic Roundtable was a huge part of me going to Masonicon. Um, but I just started Historical Light um, because I transferred because of the issues, transferred to Gardner where I'm at now. And, uh, but I was, I was still just kind of, you know, it was better, but I was still struggling overall. And because I started the podcast, there was another brother that had a podcast and he wanted to get all the podcasters together for a photo. Um, that didn't happen. A lot of guys backed out. Few of us got together for a photo. I think it was, uh, uh, John RJ and myself, I believe it was who it was, but I made it to Boston and first time I'd traveled as a Mason, especially out of the state. And experienced Masonicon up there and it relit that fire for me and opened my eyes to masonry in a different way. And I kept going back because I kind of lived for that experience. I knew what masonry meant to me at that point. Uh, and this was all very early on, uh, <laughs> in my Masonic journey. Uh, I came back and we didn't have that Masonicon here and I kind of struggled with my Masonic experience here. Um, but there was one brother that really stood out to me and to me demonstrated what Masonry was. And that was brother Darren Kellerman here. Uh, I believe it was my second year as a Mason that you went in term as grandmaster. We'd never have the pleasure of meeting formally, but you went up there and you pop that top hat and just your formality and how you cared for masonry. Uh, it screamed to me and I was like, Oh my God, masonry is alive. And you also kind of reignited, uh, my passion for masonry, my drive to stay involved. So I thought it was tremendously important, even though kind of no one knew about it. Uh, the symbolism of having both Brian Simmons, who kind of started that journey, and Brother Darren Kellerman, both involved in this inaugural event, um, for me, was personally huge. I know this story is not one of a kind. I know a bunch of brothers out there have a variation of this story of what kept them in the craft. What was amazing is right after the event, before we went into the festive board, I had a brother, and I'm not going to name drop, but a brother came up to me as a Kansas brother. Tears in his eyes before he approached me and said, you don't understand how close I was to demitting. And this here today has changed my mind about masonry. Thank you. I was speechless. And it just reaffirmed everything for me and put it into perspective. Um, and like I said, so many brothers out there have a variation of that story. So tonight, brothers, I want to toast to that guy. For me, brother Brian Simmons, brother Darren Kellerman have been that guy. And I know there's so many others out there. And those guys are the ones that are helping keep masonry alive, keep masonry growing and get it back on course. So brothers to that guy, to that guy. Fantastic. Well, we're at nine Oh four brother Kellerman. Any final thoughts? I do. Uh, I know you made an announcement and it's funny because you don't often see a 20 or 30 second video clip get cheered. Uh, but I know the day of Masonicon, uh, all of a sudden, it, it's it's painful sometimes, somewhat scary, when you see the elected Grand Lodge officers huddled uh, in a hallway or an ante room. Turns out they were taking a vote. Um, and if you'd like to elaborate on what they were doing, because you're 
I mean, you're the you're the one that caused them to do this. So I didn't know about that part until afterwards. Um, there, there was some hesitancy about Masonic Con when the idea first came about. Just hesitancy. Well, there was <laughs> chaos at Grand Lodge of Kansas. There was hesitancy. <laughs> so I. I wanted to start planning, but I did not want to before the event when, you know, we're getting up on it and all those worries are coming back of, is this really going to go okay? Or is it, is it going to be a crap shoot on Kansas? I didn't want to ask ahead of time. Um, but I went ahead and made kind of a teaser video for 2023 and I let a little bit of the morning get by to get them, give them a taste and say, okay, you know, we're, we're not burning the place down. It's going good. And then at that point, I approached our deputy grandmaster and kind of felt him out. What, what do you think? And he had nothing but good things to say. And so I told him, I said, hey, look, I made a video talking about 2023, but I wanted to get your idea. And what do you think about doing another one of these? And he just kind of smiled and he tells me, well, that's funny because we just got done voting. You're doing a 2023. <laughs> So there it is. Masonic Con Kansas will be coming back for another edition in 2023. How wonderful. So I don't know how you're going to do this, Alex, but you're the tech guy. So for all the people that joined us tonight, you need to leave a comment in there. So the comments will shut off. The timestamp will be, I don't know whether it's 9, 10, I don't know, whatever. But Alex is going to take all those names of people that have commented. Just so if you comment, you only get one of these. But... I love Masonicon so much. I, I'm coming in 2023. I, I'm going to buy a ticket for me. I'm but terrified I, where this is going. <laughs> I, I want to buy somebody else a full package ticket attending. I'm not wow. going to buy your. Won't buy their hotel. Unannounced. I mean, so don't don't give me it. Oh, hey, Kellum's buying the thousand dollars Super Founders Part Two <laughs> ticket. This will be for the full package. The Full attendee package with swag, with the festive board, the whole smash. Alex will do his little randomizer thing, whether it's live or however he does that magic. But we need to do that. However you need to do it, Alex. But that's yeah, well, I, that, that's great. I was just about to say just how ridiculous the cost is going to have to be next year. But that's yeah. okay. We'll get to that later. <laughs> no, that that's that's super generous of you. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely make that happen. That's, that's what needs to happen here. Because... We have to share the light here. And these brothers are coming in to do that. The speakers, the vendors. And if I can help one brother attend, I need to do that. Because they could be that guy for somebody. And they could meet Fantastic that point. other guy at MasonicCon. Yeah. And, and that's true whether it's MasonicCon or a, a formal lodge activity. It could happen anywhere. You don't know. Yeah. You could be that guy. I could be that guy. They could be that guy. And it's up to us to allow that to happen. Fantastic. Well, you heard it here, folks. Get your comments in. Brother Kellerman will be sponsoring one full event ticket, 2023. With that, I want to thank you all for joining us live this evening. Thank you for all the comments. And uh, thank you, Brother Kellerman, for being that guy for me and being that guy for Masonic Con Kansas 2022. Uh, it was fantastic, and we can't wait to see you again. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and keep illuminating our past. Take care.